A reading from the book of Acts, chapter 8, verses 26 to 40. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Go south to the road, the desert road, that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out, and on his way he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and on his way home was sitting in his chariot, reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. The spirit told Philip, Go to that chariot and stay near it. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you are reading? Philip asked. How can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. The eunuch was reading this passage of scripture. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before the shearer is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, Tell me, please. Who is the prophet talking about, himself or someone else? Then Philip began with that very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. As they traveled along the road, they came to some water and the eunuch said, Look, here is water. Why shouldn't I be baptized? And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away, and the eunuch did not see him again, but went on his way rejoicing. Philip, however, appeared at Azotus and traveled about preaching the gospel in all the towns until he reached Caesarea. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this passage. We thank you for the experience of Philip and the Ethiopian. And we pray that you would help us to make the connections to our experience today. Challenge us and encourage us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. In many ways, I've often found the story of the Ethiopian eunuch to be one of the strangest passages in the book of Acts. Now, it's not because of the, the picture of Philip running along beside the uh, the chariot, uh, listening in to what the the Ethiopian is reading. And by the way, if you're wondering how he knew what the Ethiopian was reading, is because in the ancient world, everybody read out loud. To read silently was considered something very strange. And so there's Philip huffing and puffing, and he's listening, and uh, there's uh, the Ethiopian reading the, the passage of Scripture. It's not that, nor is it at the end of the story, when Philip's all done, where it looks like the uh, Holy Spirit snatches him away, almost like uh, he's teleported, uh, beam me up, Scotty, uh, take me out of here, my job is done. That is not what I'm talking about when it comes to what is kind of strange about this. What I find strange about this passage is that in this passage, it looks as if the Ethiopian is the first Gentile to be welcomed into the church. And yet when we get to Acts chapter 10, it looks like Cornelius is the first Gentile 
who is welcomed into the church. In fact, it's the conversion of Cornelius that that throws the church into so much uncertainty as they try to figure out what do we do with these Gentiles coming into the church? Uh, How do we uh, embrace them? How do we deal with this kind of change? There was nothing like that when Philip, uh, or when uh, the Ethiopian was converted and baptized. There seemed to be no controversy at all. So what exactly is going on? Well, I was finally been able to figure out why these two stories uh, are here and what is really going on. So who was the first Gentile to be converted? Technically, it is the Ethiopian. That is true. But where the big question is for the church when it comes to Gentiles being welcomed in is, do they convert to Judaism first? Uh, That is the question, because really, technically, uh, Gentiles were always welcome to come in. As long as they converted to Judaism with the sign of circumcision, they would be able to be welcomed as Jewish followers of Jesus. Because at this time, Christianity is not a separate religion. It is a part of Judaism. And so uh, for Cornelius, we see that Cornelius is welcomed by God, by the Holy Spirit, without being circumcised. But when we, goes, when we go back to the Ethiopian, he was a eunuch. It was impossible for him to be circumcised. There's no question here. There's no uh, deciding, uh, should the Ethiopian be circumcised? Should he not be circumcised? Uh, that doesn't even come into play because he was a eunuch and that wasn't part of it. So it's the situation with Cornelius that really puts this question front and center for the church. But if that's the case, why is the story about the Ethiopian even here? Uh, If his conversion does not have the same impact on the church, at least in terms of Gentiles, uh, as the story of Cornelius, why bother with this story of the Ethiopian? And I'd like to suggest to you that this passage, which is found in the midst of other passages that are talking about the welcoming of outsiders into the church. So we saw previously the welcoming of the Samaritans. Uh, We're going to see uh, in the future the the welcoming of the, the Gentiles. That this story is in that same theme, but this time we're talking about welcoming people with disabilities into the church. Now you might think, well, wait a minute, I don't see anything about disabilities here. It doesn't talk about that. And yet, for this Ethiopian, uh, with uh, being a eunuch, that really was a a major disability. That might not be what we think of when we think of a disability. But in the ancient world, it was so important to pass on your line, to be able to have descendants coming from your family. And so even though today we have people such as Roman Catholic priests who will choose a life of celibacy, In the ancient world, to not be able to have children, whether you are a man as a eunuch or if you were a barren woman, that was a major disability and it held incredible stigma to be in that kind of position. And so this was something that was very serious and 
I see, as we're going to be taking a look at it, uh, through a tour of the Old Testament, that God is doing something major in the life of the Ethiopian that speaks to our current understanding of people with disabilities in the church. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to take a, a brief tour of a number of passages in the Old Testament, and I hope you'll follow along as we take a look at this. And so what we see here is that uh, it's appropriate for us to go to the scriptures because the Ethiopian is found by Philip while he is reading the Hebrew scriptures from the, from the book of Isaiah. But we're going to go back a little bit to Leviticus chapter 21. And in Leviticus chapter 21, that is a, a chapter that looks at regulations for the priests. And in that passage, it uh, has some restrictions of who is allowed to offer sacrifices as a priest. And it lists a number of disabilities that uh, would restrict a priest from being able to do that. And one of those disabilities was being a eunuch, but there were other disabilities as well. Now, we might look at that and think, well, that's, that's not really fair. With our modern sensibilities, that seems way too restrictive. Now, uh, it does feel that way, and I think we're supposed to feel uh, those emotions. However, we have to also understand that uh, the priests were just a small portion of one of the 12 tribes. So we're talking a fairly small number of people. It doesn't mean that it didn't bother those uh, who are a part of the priestly family who had these disabilities, but it was uh, uh, touching just a, a few people. However, when we go to Deuteronomy chapter 23, verse 1, it gets much worse. There are more restrictions, this time specifically for eunuchs. And we're told that those who are eunuchs are forbidden to be a part of the assembly of the Lord. That doesn't mean they're not allowed to be uh, a part of Israel. What it means is they are restricted in worship. The assembly of the Lord would be the, the gathering of worship uh, either at the tabernacle or, or later on with the temple, that there was uh, religious restrictions on them. And again, we read this and think, wow, what's going on? We, we scratch our head wondering, uh, you know, God, what are you doing? Why would you put restrictions like this? It just doesn't seem to make sense. However, things get better. When we turn to the book of Isaiah, we look at uh, chapter 56, and specifically verses 4 and 5. And this is what we read in this prophecy. For this is what the Lord says to the eunuchs who keep my Sabbaths, who choose what pleases me, and hold fast to my covenant. To them I will give within my temple and its walls a memorial and a name, better than sons and daughters. I will give them an everlasting name, they will not be cut off. Now, this passage actually happens right before another prophecy talking about the welcoming of foreigners. So again, we're really talking about a prophecy of welcoming the outsiders inside. And in this passage, in this prophecy, we see that the eunuchs would be given a name. Now, normally your name is about your descendants. 
Uh, for people who would be seeking a name, they would be hoping to have uh, many children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren and so on uh, coming from them and doing great things. And that family line would be the name. And God is saying that he is going to do something in the future with eunuchs, which would give them a greater name than they would have from a natural family. It is a name that they receive in the Lord, and they would be fully welcomed. And that is a prophecy that is being given. And what we see here is really a trajectory from uh, greater restrictions uh, when people are allowed to be there, but they're restricted in what they can do for leadership and also their place in worship. But then a prophecy looking forward to a time when things would be opened up and people with this particular disability would be fully welcomed in. And how is this relevant? Well, I see uh, this passage in Acts chapter 8 to be the fulfillment of that prophecy from Isaiah 56. Now think about it. The Ethiopian eunuch is reading from Isaiah 53. That's the passage that he is reading when Philip comes upon him. And he wouldn't have this as a book, he would have it as a scroll. And so as he's unraveling the scroll, he's not going to start from chapter one, not that there were actually chapters, but he's not going to start from the beginning and roll through all of that to get to the end. He would unroll from the back to get to that particular passage, which means he would have gone right by Isaiah 56, this prophecy that would deal directly with eunuchs being fully welcomed in. And this is exactly what happens with the Ethiopian eunuch. He believes in Jesus, he reaches out in faith, and he is baptized. And notice that in this passage, even though we've heard stories of Philip performing signs and wonders, there is no evidence that Philip healed him from being a eunuch. He was welcomed exactly the way he was. And why this is important for us is this is not just talking about eunuchs. This is uh, an example where, where one particular disability is used to represent all disabilities, just the way uh, in, in other places, widows and orphans are used to describe all people on the margins, all those who are experiencing uh, difficulty from, from those more fortunate. Uh, it's the same thing for eunuchs. This is a, a sign that people with disabilities were being welcomed exactly as they were. Now, in many ways, what we're seeing in this passage is the story that many people have experienced, uh, people with disabilities in the church. Uh, they may have traveled this road, the same trajectory, where maybe they were uh, allowed to be in the church building, but perhaps uh, places of leadership were um, kept from them, or other places of public ministry were not necessarily available to them. And so they were welcome to be a part of the people, but their opportunities were greatly restricted. And yet this passage tells us that God was moving in a different direction to greater welcoming, to greater inclusion, especially into leadership. And so this is something we have to be uh, reflecting upon.
uh, and think about uh, how many churches have people with uh, visible disabilities uh, in places of leadership or in places of uh, public ministry. How often does that happen? Isaiah 56 is a promise welcoming people with disabilities into full inclusion into the people of God. I want you to think about this. Uh, there was a study that was done a number of years ago, and it found that 22% of Canadians have at least one disability. 22%. So let's put it this way. I imagine that we had a gathering, a church gathering, and we had exactly 100 people show up for that worship service. We would expect, if we were truly reflective of the greater population, we would expect that at least 22 people of those 100 would have at least one disability. And yet I suspect that that is not necessarily reflective of most churches. Probably most churches don't have 22% of people. Even when it comes to invisible disabilities that people might not realize that people are struggling with these things, I still don't think that that many people uh, are, are coming. And there are reasons. I, I've done a lot of research in my own schooling, and even as a, a person just interested in disabilities, as a parent of two uh, children uh, with autism, as uh, someone who talks to other uh, families who are dealing with disabilities, that oftentimes people don't feel welcome to come to church. Uh, it is so sad that that takes place, but that is true. I have talked to many families in which they are not welcomed into the church. In fact, if we think about uh, any other um, uh, way of looking at people in terms of, say, uh, ethnicity or gender or something like that, if uh, we heard of a story in which a church said, I'm sorry, uh, but we don't want you here because you belong to this particular group. We would be outraged. The, the, our uh, media would be out of control, so upset uh, that this kind of thing is happening. And yet, it does happen that people with disabilities are not always welcomed in a church. I have talked to people who have told me that they have been asked not to bring their children to the church because they feel that it is a disruption to the production that they're trying to put on on a Sunday morning and they are not necessarily felt as welcome. And sadly, that happens. Now, I am so thankful that here at Queen Street Baptist Church, uh, we do welcome people of all disabilities and I am so glad uh, that that happens. I am so happy when I see people uh, with disabilities and it, it is an important thing to us. But this is the regular experience of people with disabilities being turned around because of this experience. Yet the story of the Ethiopian and the fact that he's not healed before he is welcomed in, that he is welcomed just as he is, is a reminder of what God was doing. Uh, that even though churches are still trying to figure out what to do with people with disabilities, God has already showed us way back in Acts chapter 8, fully welcomed, fully included. That is the way it is. The church needs to catch up to where God is. As I think about this Ethiopian eunuch, 
and I, I imagine where he was coming from. One of the questions that I ask myself is, where was he religiously? What, how would he identify in terms of his faith? Well, he's not a Jew because he uh, is not able to be circumcised, so he's not able to formally convert. And yet, he is reading the Hebrew Scriptures. We're told in this passage that he had, was coming back from Jerusalem where he had been worshiping. So he is interested in the Jewish God, but he's coming at it as an outsider looking in. But in his experience with Philip, he is welcomed fully in, exactly the way he is. He doesn't have to change before he's welcomed. He is included the way he is. And this is a story about people on the margins, people on the fringes being welcomed in. And the story of this eunuch being welcomed into the church is just as important as the story of the Samaritans being welcomed in the church or the Gentiles being welcomed in the church. God is doing a new thing in these passages, opening wide the doors and allowing all in. This is really important. I am thankful, as I have said, for Queen Street Baptist Church. We seek to be a disability-friendly congregation. Uh, we seek to welcome and include all people. Uh, we want to see people of all abilities, not just in the building, but in leadership and in public ministry, and we have taken steps to do that. But there's always room for us to grow. There's always room for us to, to move further in terms of welcoming and including. And that's the challenge that the Ethiopian eunuch leaves for us. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this story, and we pray that you would help us as we move forward, that we would be aware of some of the restrictions that people feel have been placed upon them. Maybe they have experienced uh, bad things at previous uh, places of worship or uh, previous organizations and experiences. We ask, Lord, that you would help us to create a place that is known to be welcoming and inclusive of all people. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.